Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every part of Star Wars is great from a certain point of view. I am your host. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. The thing that I have a certain point of view on right now is my co-host, a tiny little sip of whiskey. It's just a tiny one this episode because I want to stay super, super focused for today's two grievances. As always on Star Wars Counseling, we tackle two different grievances. You get to decide which is the master and which is the apprentice. 
That is a particularly interesting question for this episode because both of our grievances are about one of my very favorite Star Wars characters, the man with multiple names, Sheev Palpatine, a.k.a. Darth Sidious, a.k.a. The Emperor. Three names for one guy. What a bargain. As always, we are recording live to tape, so if you hear any little fumbles, any little ums, any little ahs, any sudden pauses for a slight bit of whiskey sipping, do not adjust the dial on your podcast. It tracks. Anyway, that's what we're dealing with here today. Let us get right into our grievances. Grievance number one is... Palpatine's face. This comes to us from James Ito at Ito Man Japan. James asks, why didn't Palpatine get plastic surgery to fix his face after Revenge of the Sith? He had money and power. Why not? Man, this is a great question, James. I am loving this one. Uh, I think that the main reason, my main answer to this grievance, don't worry, I'll have a bunch of other sub-answers, but my main answer is just... That is his actual face, and he liked it that way. He might, in fact, even be offended that I'm addressing this. If Darth Sidious was real, he might be shocking me with electricity, with Sith lightning right now for daring to question the quality of his face. Here's where I'm coming from. In Revenge of the Sith, I have listened for it a couple times. I am paraphrasing. By a couple times, I mean several million. Uh, I am paraphrasing a little bit what he says, but as he is blocking, or as he is being roasted by his own lightning because Mace Windu is blocking it, uh, he says... I can't hold it. Too weak, too weak. Can't, can't hold it. Uh, and I have always interpreted that as not only was he actually scarred by his own uh, Sith lightning being reflected back across his body, but that also this is his true face, that he is been corroded over the years by practicing the dark side of the Force. This connects back to the earlier scene in Revenge of the Sith, where he talks about some some abilities that are unnatural. And I believe that that is part of the idea that the unnatural nature of the power of the dark side that he is containing within himself has sort of rotted him from the inside out. And when he can finally let go, when he can finally be his true self, when he can sort of uh, just embrace the inner evil, and let the inner evil wash over his outsides, he just looks like that. He's got the grotesque yellow eyes. He's got the strange uh, bulbous forehead. He has got all of the wrinkles and crinkles fighting over his map. He looks like a J.R.R. Tolkien map has been zoomed in on. That is his face. And of course, inside, even his teeth have rotted. I don't see how Sith lightning is going to immediately rot your teeth. I guess it calcifies bones. Anyway, the point is, I believe that that is his true face, at least partially. I think there is some scarring there. And I believe all of this that I am going on about so passionately is supported by one beautiful, strange, over-the-top moment in Revenge of the Sith when he gets rid of Mace Windu And his head lolls back, and he lets out that sigh. That sigh is so much more than just, oh, I defeated Mace Windu. That sigh says, hello world, I'm here, it's me, 
This is what I truly look like. It's as though he just let his hair out of a bun and he is shaking it out. He is so happy to be free and alive and himself. And it all comes out as ah, that nice, relaxing sigh that says, this is my true face. Anyway, so I think it's his true face. So I don't think he would want to get it fixed, but... James, even if we look at it from the perspective that it is all scars and you don't buy my true face argument, I think there are other reasons that he would want to keep that horrendous visage. He uses it politically. We see that immediately in Revenge of the Sith, that he claims that he has to put up the hood because these are the scars that he got, that he survived the attack from the Jedi, but that they have left him disfigured. Uh, and it's a great excuse for why he looks that way, because if he didn't have that excuse, people would be like, ah, you look a little different from when you were the Supreme Chancellor. Now that you're the Emperor, you, uh, you know, your face is a little melted, like cheap cheese in a microwave. Uh, what is what is that about? So he has a good answer, but he can also use it politically. That when those in those early days of the empire, when people are looking at him, it is always a reminder of he survived. That he is kind of a martyr, and even more than that, that the Jedi, with their strange powers, that we the general public never fully understood, somehow did that. To our leader, it is a great, basically, campaign slogan to have a crappy face that was ruined by Jedi when you were trying to start an empire. Now, James, I think your question is, why doesn't he get it fixed after that? Well, I have some thoughts about that, because the first couple of years the empire go by, everything's going great, people are frightened, nobody is speaking about the Jedi, everything's going well, and then we know from books like Lost Stars and I think other canon references, that uh, Emperor Palpatine begins to use a hologram for himself so people don't make the association with uh, the grand, powerful empire is led by a stooped, frightening, shadowy man with yellow eyes and somehow yellower teeth. And uh, he uses a hologram of somebody who looks a little bit more like old Supreme Chancellor Palpatine. Uh, now that he knows he needs to control these systems, he wants to have a different kind of propaganda. He wants to project strength and that he is in control. But at the same time, he gets another benefit by still just looking like himself, like a twisted, evil space wizard. Because this is a kind of pressure he can exert on people close to him. It is a power manipulation because now he's selling the lie to the larger galaxy that he looks much younger and more strapping. So people close to him are let in on this uh, inner circle of power and knowledge that they see his true face or his true chin and nose under the hood. Uh, and it's a little bit of a power manipulation because that means if you are in Palpatine's inner circle, he trusts you. And if any hollow vids leak out of his true face, if he hears murmurs from somewhere about what he really looks like, he will know that someone close to him is speaking out against him, against his image, and then he can attack those people. I see it as that kind of political manipulation. Um, I think there's also an element that, much like Vader, 
he knows that his appearance is now intimidating. There's a lot of great discussion of this in uh, Lords of the Sith and uh, other Vader books where Vader is very aware that, hey, being really tall and covered in ominous black armor where you can never truly see my face, never truly know what I'm thinking, that's real scary. And I'm sure for Palpatine, who feeds off of people's fear, He wants people uh, to be afraid. He loves fear. He eats fear for dinner. That looking horrific and knowing that he is intimidating people just with his unnatural presence probably just makes his day, just makes him happy. He hums to himself in the shower thinking how much he has intimidated people that day just with his horrific appearance. Uh, I think it's also important to think about the general larger place of scars in Star Wars. This is something I've gone on and on about. I feel like it's one of the really cool things about Star Wars that scars have meaning. That as soon as you start to become scarred, you begin to lose your humanity. Goes back to the great shot of Luke looking at uh, Vader's severed robot arm and then looking at his own robotic hand and taking a step back from the dark side. All that stuff we're going to see even more, I think, develop with this idea of what does Kylo Ren's scar to me- mean to him? Is he proud of it because it means he's taken a step closer to the dark side, or is he ashamed of it because he how he got it from somebody who he doesn't think is as powerful as him or Ray shouldn't be as powerful as me? Lots of juicy stuff that we're going to get in terms of scars in Star Wars. But if you take the general analogy that scars for evil people are a badge of honor, it shows what you have been through. It shows that you are not constrained by appearance or by the natural order of things. Then Palpatine wins big in a scar competition because at this point, his whole face is a scar. His whole body is a giant wrinkled prune of scarring. So I think that he's maybe a little bit proud to look like that. And then uh, one other thought here is if he got plastic surgery... Would it even take? Let's say that there is an interpretation of Darth Sidious, Sheev Palpatine. Maybe he thinks like, I am Darth Sidious. That is my true identity, and this is my true face. But I'm a little vain. There's a little bit of Sheev Palpatine still in me. And Sheev, I mean, you want to think of somebody with a vain name, Sheev. So maybe, maybe there is a battle inside him between Darth Sidious and Sheev Palpatine. And one day Sheev says, you know what? I want to look young and fresh again. I want to stuff that evil back down inside me and I will, I will enjoy my internal evil, but I will have a better face to use to get my will in the galaxy. Now, if he goes and he spends all this money, all this time, if it even truly exists in Star Wars, if there is a Bakta tank large enough to get his face back in shape, to readjust that silly putty into looking like it did before that fateful day, would it last? Because we here on Earth know that sometimes a little bit of plastic surgery, that's great. But with great power comes great responsibility. you got to be careful with plastic surgery or you will end up not looking like yourself, not even looking human. So it's possible that A, the plastic surgery just wouldn't take, and B, and this is the one that I really like to imagine, if we agree with the idea that some amount of this horrific appearance is his true self. Imagine 
he gets plastic surgery. He looks just like Supreme Chancellor Palpatine did. He is he looks like relatively young and strapping. He looks as close as he is ever going to look like Liam Neeson in Taken, like he is still a man of action who can stand up straight. Great. But what if his true nature just overtakes him? So he is given a big speech. Maybe it's even being broadcast all across the holonet. He is on the steps of the old Jedi Temple, now the Imperial Center. And suddenly, he feels the evil welling up inside of himself. And he's in the middle of a speech. And he is saying, We now have safety and security. Our galaxy is more safe than it is. And he just goes full evil. His just face starts to pop. His big bulbous secondary butt forehead comes flying out of his once fixed forehead and all of the wrinkles just explode into presence. His hands and his whole body just starts getting crooked and there's gross popping sounds. In all of that is being broadcast over the holonet because the plastic surgery cannot contain the evil. That would be a bad press day for Emperor Palpatine. That is my argument. And I think uh, I think th- those are most of my, uh, my ideas here. James, I hope that helped a little bit. I know uh, Star Wars Counseling is really about making you feel better. We get into talking a lot about logic questions. <laughs> uh, I have to laugh at myself to say, should Emperor Palpatine get plastic surgery is a logic question. But you know what I mean, listeners. Uh, so I think that that is... My main idea is that it is his true face, that he can use it for manipulation on many different levels. I think he is proud of his strange physique. And even if he did get plastic surgery, I think the real Palpatine would pop out eventually. And he would uh, he would never look good with plastic surgery. He would just look like a Ken doll that got put in the microwave. That's where plastic surgery would take Emperor Palpatine. I hope that helped, James. And now I get a little reward sip of my whiskey. And I get to sigh like Palpatine. (sighs) Lovely. A lovely sigh. On to our second Sith Palpatine grievance. Grievance number two, Palpatine's motives. Mm, This is a juicy one. This comes from Scott Ring. At Scott James Ring, he had to break it up over two tweets so you know it's serious. Uh, Scott says, rewatching Return of the Jedi. What does the Emperor want Luke to do? Kill him? Kill Vader? Both? Neither? And if he turns to the dark side, what's that mean? Would he want younglings dead? The rebels to lose? So Scott is full of questions, and I think... Really interesting questions, uh, and, I, and, and I think a grievance up to some point is uh, really valid. I think what Scott is saying is, what is the Emperor's plan? We understand that getting Luke to turn to the dark side would be a failure for our hero Luke, but what is Palpatine's logic? What does he want him to do in that moment? What does he want the, to happen in that throne room? And should he get Luke to turn to the dark side? What does Palpatine want Luke to do going forward? What does Luke want? If he turns to the dark side, what is Luke's motivation? What helps him get up in the morning and kill people when he has suddenly turned Sith? So 
I think, Scott, that this question is very understandable for one very true uh, reason in Star Wars and a very funny reason in Star Wars to me, too, is that over the course of those first six films, the original trilogy and the prequels, we are inundated with Sith goading, where they are constantly teasing their Jedi opponents and encouraging them to let their dark side out. And that tactic only makes so much sense, particularly Dooku in Revenge of the Sith, where he is saying, I'm paraphrasing here, where he is saying, you have anger, you have hate, but you don't use them. And there's a, it almost seems to me that the comedy scene in my mind that always plays out is a Sith will say to a Jedi, why don't you give in to your dark side? Why don't you release your hate? And then they start getting their ass kicked and like, whoa, 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 put your hate back. Put your hate back. Put your hate back. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was just, I was making a rhetorical argument. Please don't actually access your hate and use it against me and kick my ass. Please don't do that. Let's all calm down. Let's all, can we have some calf and just talk about it? That's the idea that uh, plays out in my mind. So uh, it's definitely what's going on in the throne room where, uh, the Emperor is really encouraging Luke to access his dark side and even going so far as they take your weapon, I am unarmed, strike me down. Uh, which, of course, is not what he actually wants. He does not want uh, Luke to strike him down. He doesn't ever want to be struck down. He wants to rule the galaxy and, indeed, all of reality. So, let's break this down into short-term and long-term goals, because I take these questions really damn seriously. Anyway, Palpatine does not want Luke to kill him. That much is obvious. And Palpatine, of course, wants Luke to kill Vader. This is the cycle of the Sith. It is exactly what Palpatine did with Count Dooku and Anakin Vader. We even have, like, confirmation of that straight up in Revenge of the Sith when he uh, tells General Grievous that soon he will have a new apprentice, uh, a younger, more powerful one. So uh, he absolutely does want Luke to kill Vader. He wants Luke to tap into his rage and his anger toward his father, toward everything that Darth Vader has done to Luke, has done to his friends, has done to the Rebellion, has done to the galaxy. Just be mad at him for being an absentee father. Whatever it takes, basically, Palpatine is saying to Luke, unleash your hate and kill Vader for me, because then, if you kill Vader, you will tip over into the dark side, and I will have you as my new apprentice. Take your rightful side uh, take your father's side at, uh, father's place at my side is basically what he says, except unlike me, he says it correctly the first time. Anyway, this is just the cycle of the Sith. We know that. And then added onto that, I think there's this rich layer of Palpatine being a jerk because he absolutely wanted Anakin to turn to the dark side. He groomed Anakin there, depending on how you in decide to interpret things in your own Star Wars headcanon. He perhaps even influenced the midi-chlorians to create Anakin. We don't know. We certainly know for sure that he groomed and manipulated Anakin for years and years. Anakin finally succumbs to the dark side. Uh, Palpatine names him Darth Vader, and he is super creepy, super creepy, moaning about how powerful Darth Vader is going to be as a Sith. And then, 
What happens immediately? He gets the rest of his limbs chopped off, Anakin does, burns in the shores on a lake, a river of fire, a lake river of fire, and uh, he's not as good anymore. He gets put in the suit, and that's cool. It's a traditional Sith armor-type suit, and it makes him really, really scary-looking, but he's not as powerful. He needs to relearn his fighting style. I have not, I know this. there's a lot of stuff about this in old canon. I have not uh, caught up yet on the new Darth Vader comic that's dealing with some of these immediate moments, but, but, I, but I have heard that that is a part of the story as well. So I think it is still there in canon that Anakin has to relearn how to be a truly different fighter, how to truly be powerful now that he is Vader and not Anakin. So I think from Palpatine's perspective, He bought the highest-end Porsche you could possibly buy. He got Anakin to turn to the dark side when Anakin was young and absolutely at the height of his power, just full of midi-chlorians and hate and rage. And then what happens? He crashes that Porsche immediately and the Porsche is all dinged up it's never gonna look the same it's never gonna run the same no matter what mechanic he brings it to the engine's not gonna run right it's gonna be kind of loud and rattly his engine's gonna be louder than the radio which is the sign of not a great car and Palpatine just works with that for years he's happy I think to have Vader but he always knows this Sith was never the one I really bought it's kind of janky. It's kind of used. And uh, I think he wants young, fresh, powerful Sith apprentice, and that is Luke. Luke is basically what Anakin was before the whole lava incident and the limb loss. And I think this is where we get to not only is Darth Sidious on the dark side of the Force, he is on the asshole side of the Force because He has the hypocrisy to think that Vader is too old. Count Dooku was too old. And they both just gotta go when somebody young and fresh comes along. Look, make whatever arguments you want about Count Dooku. Fine, poor Darth Tyrannus. Maybe he was a little bit uh, on the older side. But Vader is in his 40s. That's not too old. That is not too old. So this is just some straight-up hypocritical ageism in Star Wars from Darth Sidious, wants to get rid of Vader. Okay, so those are the, the short, short-term short goals. He wants to basically re-up and get a better Sith apprentice. All of his mocking and taunting of Luke to bring out the dark side is in a desire to get him to kill Luke. Now, long-term goals. What does Palpatine actively want Luke to do? So, assuming everything goes exactly to Sidious's plan. Everything is happening as he has foreseen, and Luke tips over to the dark side, and he kills his father. We'll get back to that, uh, the implications for Luke, in just a moment there. And then uh, everything happens uh, outside the Death Star the way he wants to. The rebel fleet is entirely destroyed. Uh, The rebels on the forest moon of Endor are either, uh, maybe the whole moon is blown up by the Death Star laser, or maybe he goes and he captures all of those rebels. Maybe Palpatine himself, as the cherry 
on top of his victory, goes down to the forest moon of Endor himself and fries Ewoks with Sith lightning just as a personal party for winning the day. So in terms of long-term goals, if Luke turns the dark side and Palpatine manages to wipe out the rebellion, what does he have? Uh, Well, he has now total power over this galaxy. It is what he has always wanted. It is what he has struggled toward. Once he gets uh, in power, he immediately is working on the Death Star so he can get rid of the Senate. Uh, He wants to have the Death Star there so he can control the entire galaxy with the fear of his big old space murder ball and uh, doesn't need the Senate and can just be the one ruler in this Gets he obviously has a huge amount of control over the galaxy. He puts the whole galaxy uh, under his boot uh, or whatever he wears under his robes. Maybe like mm, little comfy shoes. Who knows? Anyway, a uh, little uh, bunny slippers. Who knows? Evil bunny slippers. That's not what I'm here to discuss. I'm getting off track. So he doesn't quite ever have the galaxy fully under his boot. But if he got Luke to turn to the dark side, if he defeated the rebellion, he would have this galaxy. Well, what does he want next? Well, a fresh new canon from the Aftermath trilogy says he wants what all Sith want, more and more power. That is, the idea of the Sith is that you can never have enough. So while he has been busy trying to lock down his control over the known galaxy, he is working with manipulating people like Thrawn. He is trying to figure out how to get to that next galaxy so he can also take that over. There's also a great passage, I believe, in the Tarkin novel about how he wants a powerful young Sith to help him unlock more Sith mysteries that he wants to know. There's a lot of stuff like that in the Darth Plagueis novel, which isn't canon, but it was a lot of stuff that is in that book was hinted back to in the Tarkin novel. So I like to feel like it's in canon that there are all these unnatural mysteries of the Sith that you need at least two very powerful Sith to either meditate or manipulate objects so you can truly unlock all of the power. You can unlock every Sith mystery, every Sith artifact. You can go to another galaxy and you can conquer that one and you can keep seeing how many galaxies are there out there for you to conquer. So what is Luke for in Palpatine's mind? What is a Sith apprentice for, especially a young, powerful one in Palpatine's mind? It's to keep going and get more and more power. Unlock the secrets conquer the galaxy, beat people at video games, who knows, whatever goal he wants, just more, 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 and a powerful Sith apprentice like Luke Skywalker would allow him to do that. Now, let's take a a look at things from Luke's perspective, because I think, uh, Scott, your question is kind of for for both Palpatine and Luke, well, what's what's next? Uh, I think the idea, the theory of the dark side that makes sense to me is once you give in to anger... Forever will it dominate your destiny. So you start to feed off of it. So if Luke truly did just not stop himself and stayed fully full of rage and just cut Vader's head off, 
killed his own father, and then maybe even he ran to Palpatine and tried to kill Palpatine, and Palpatine shot him full of Sith lightning and told him, basically, you are mine now, bend the knee, uh, to use the Game of Thrones phrase that we're hearing 800 times in the current season, in uh, in maybe just through through pain and rage, he breaks Luke, and Luke starts down that path. And then once he has given in to that anger, he feeds off of it. And it allows him to become more and more powerful. There are great descriptions of this in the Lords of the Sith book, how uh, Vader must constantly stay in touch with what is actively making him angry. Because if he loses any of that fury, he will begin to lose his power. And he always wanted to be powerful enough to begin with. So I think the idea from Palpatine's perspective is that he's, uh, he's studied the Sith truths once you give in to the dark side, once you become seduced by it, just once, you become seduced by the power of it. And it is very, very difficult to escape, which only makes it more heroic what uh, Vader Anakin actually did. And now, how is he going to manipulate Luke um, to actually stay in touch with that anger? Because I think that is hard for us as Star Wars fans to imagine. Luke seems, in general, like... A really great guy. So you can see why he would be tempted to cut down his father because his father has done horrible things and he keeps baiting him. But I think you need to really think of it from Luke's perspective. We think of him as this hero. Uh, And of course, there are hints that he is tempted by the dark side in the original trilogy for sure. But I think if you imagine his life, Luke has known just a lot of war he has been fighting. Basically, he, he wanted to get off this the, the most boring place in the galaxy, Tatooine, and he wanted to have excitement and adventure. And what did he find? He found endless combat. And I think there is a confusion in young Luke's mind about excitement, adventure. Those seem like good things. Being a resistance fighter seems like a good, positive thing, but it also means keeping yourself committed to the idea that violence is the solution. And I think that is his failure at the cave on Dagobah when Yoda tells him he doesn't need his weapons. And he looks at Yoda like, that's cute, you're nuts. And he straps him on, and then he sees the vision of himself as Vader. So I think uh, while Luke certainly matures a lot from Empire, going into Jedi, he still has this in his background a uh, an easy idea that he could give into, that if uh, if all he has known is war, if the answer to every problem is a lightsaber, then so be it, and that he could sort of give in to this idea, and that make, might make uh, him corrupt into the dark side uh, a little bit more. Still doesn't answer the essential question of what would Luke want? Imagine Luke has fully turned to the dark side. His name is Darth something. Darth Awesome. Who knows? Uh, And what does he want uh, when he's uh, Darth Awesome? Well, I think that's hard for us to puzzle out because Anakin's motivations for falling to the dark side, we get to see a little bit more. Anakin felt wronged by the Jedi. He blamed other people around him for his mother's death. He blamed himself for Padme's death because Palpatine lied to him. Uh, So what, what can Luke have that, like, when when Anakin becomes Vader, there are things that he always wanted to do 
that he couldn't do, fully unleash his anger, just cut down anyone who disagreed with him. He can tell himself that the Jedi were always wrong. He was he was weak to listen to the Jedi. If he hadn't listened to the Jedi, he could have saved his mom. He could have saved Padme. He could have been married to her uh, out in public. Uh, so, so we see a lot of things for him to be angry about. Uh, so maybe, who knows what would keep Luke actively angry. Maybe Palpatine keeps Leia alive is a way to sort of keep Luke feeling tortured, to keep him angry. Uh, or maybe, maybe Palpatine would also attack Luke the same way he attacked Anakin. Anakin made attachments, and Luke certainly has attachments that he ultimately uses in the in the real Star Wars story in Return of the Jedi to his advantage. He sees the good in his father. He has faith that his father still has good in him. He has hope that his father still has good, good in him. And he, of course, refuses to act with violence. He throws down his lightsaber and says he is a Jedi. But if he didn't do those things, if he didn't make that critical choice where his value of attachments was proven to have power, and he did just cut off Vader's head, I bet Palpatine could basically just reverse all those attachments that Luke has. Luke has plenty of reasons to be angry at the people that he cares about. Obi-Wan lied to him. Yoda never trusted him. Yoda didn't even want to train him at first. And then when he did train him, he's like, you're not really good. And I guess you're just going to run away. Okay. And then when he did come back, he's like, well, I don't really have anything else to teach you. Just go and meet your destiny. Uh, So he could have had some better guidance. Uh, Owen and Beru, they, Beru kind of believed in him, but Owen just wanted to keep him on the farm. He could tap into resentment about that. His father just abandoned him. Uh, Leia and Han didn't ever truly understand the journey that Luke was going on to learn to be a Jedi, so he could have some resentment for that. Uh, Han was always there to rescue him. He Somehow Han failed him. Han didn't blow up the Death Star. Han didn't somehow know that Luke was in trouble and come to help him. Even R2-D2 lied to Luke. Can you imagine that scene where Luke has given in to the dark side, but he's still good in him that he's trying to fight it, and then Palpatine whips that out and is like, do you know that little protocol droid? He knew your father's secret the whole time. And oh man, oh, that would hurt, right? R2-D2 betraying you. That would hurt. So I think that Palpatine would find a way, just like he did with Anakin, to twist the rightful attachments, the human love that both these characters, Anakin and Luke, had for the people around them. Their friends, even though their friends are sometimes flawed, they loved them, and Palpatine managed to twist that love and redirect it into anger to serve Palpatine. So I think that is what Palpatine would do. I think he would use all of Luke's attachments, twist them against him, and use Luke to unlock secrets, conquer galaxies. And I don't know why the third example in my mind is beat video games. I think Palpatine just seems that petty. So I think that is what would happen if Luke fell to the dark side. He would hate Palpatine, 
and that's a natural part of the Sith Order. You're not supposed to have love for your master. You're supposed to uh, be grateful for, but despise your master and secretly want to take them over to kill them, and you become the master. That is the Sith way, so Palpatine accepts that. He welcomes that. It's like, come on, please hate hate, hate me away. And I also think uh, that Sith are supposed to hate themselves a little bit uh, because nothing will keep you more angry than hating yourself because wherever you go, uh, there you are. You can't unfollow yourself on social media. You're always there. So if you need to be angry at someone and you need to stay angry, you're always there to be angry at yourself. Man, being a Sith sounds sad, doesn't it? Anyway, so here is my final bit of Star Wars counseling, and I hope uh, these uh, ideas have helped you, Scott, have helped you process what might be going on in that last scene in uh, Return of the Jedi. If Luke turned to the dark side, how would that work? What is it that Palpatine is even hoping to accomplish? I hope that all of these thoughts helped to answer that, and here is one more bit of Star Wars counseling that addresses both the grievance of Palpatine's wrinkled, scarred face, and the grievance of what would really happen if Palpatine got Luke to turn to the dark side. Here is what I think would happen. To keep Luke motivated, full of hate, because Luke, Darth Awesome, hates both Palpatine and himself. Maybe Palpatine would get plastic surgery, and he would make himself look exactly like Luke. So whenever Luke had to look at the Emperor, he would just see his own face staring back at him. Can you imagine the horror? The horror. Anyway, thank you both for the great questions, James and Scott. Those are really fun grievances. I like them sometimes when they just uh, come across the, the social media streams and they are as connected as that. What a great deep dive into the horrible, wrinkled mind and scarred body of Darth Sidious Emperor Palpatine. As always, if you have grievances, send them in. I still got a, a couple more banked, but I'm always looking for more. And you can send in uh, questions like this that sometimes tilt a little bit more to logic flaw, or they can be just things that bug you. They can be little things. They can be big things. Anything that keeps you up at night. And uh, be sure to let me know why it bothers you, too. Sometimes it's obvious, but, you know, I like the personal stuff. So if you're like, hey, this really bothers me because it reminds me of blah, 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 that's fine. We can get into almost actual real counseling. That's dangerous, but eh, what are you going to do? Anyway, send those to me on Twitter or Facebook. Please do use the hashtag SWCounseling. Makes it much easier to find them. We release an episode every other Friday. There is much more to come. I'll be doing a live episode of Star Wars Counseling at DragonCon. Great big convention in Atlanta. So if you're at DragonCon, come to the live show. And if you're a listener, get ready for more live Star Wars Counseling excitement. You can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my Anchor Station headcanon and my other podcast Obsessed, all on josephscrimshaw.com. You can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod, and you can of course support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Force Center and help us keep all of this content flowing. And of course you can buy our t-shirts and stickers and whatnot at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. That's it for Star Wars Counseling. Mm-hmm.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.